God's word is God's tool to prepare God's people for life and ministry. May God bless and equip you for exploits in his kingdom, even as you listen in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you so much for giving us this privilege um, to open the word. We know there are so many parts of the world today where we don't have, where they don't have this opportunity, this privilege. And so, Lord, as we enjoy this freedom to look at your word this Sunday morning, we do pray that we would receive all the blessings that come from your word. Bless your people and bless me as we together encounter you through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. So, um, we're looking at a topic called um, Learning the Mercy of Forgiveness. Alright, this is New Beginnings International Church, and it's international, so... I will be careful with the kind of examples I use because it may not apply to everyone, but I will be using some examples, but more from my experience and my context. Um, but from the topic, you see that mercy, the mercy of forgiveness is learned. It's not something that comes naturally. Forgiveness is something you develop, you learn to forgive. I think the natural human nature finds it hard to forgive. It's just the way we are formed. We tend to hold things more. We tend to remember more. And believe me, there are things I remember from my high school days. You know, it's just stuck somewhere in your background. And it's hard because you try to kick some things out and it just sticks in there. But what we're looking at today is learning, learning forgiveness and learning how to do this. And uh, the context is Matthew 18, 21 to 35. So as an introduction, I've said one thing. Forgiveness doesn't come naturally. The second thing I'd like to say as an introduction is that Mercy can be defined as granting um, something to someone, a great blessing to someone who doesn't deserve this. Alright, so when you want to show mercy to someone, that person, for some reason, does not deserve this thing you want to give to him. That's why you call it what? Mercy, right? Now, if the person deserves what you're giving him, it's not mercy. All right? It is right. So mercy is something you extend to someone because he does not deserve that. And when you tie that to forgiveness, we're not talking about forgiving someone who deserves to be forgiven, but you are talking of forgiving someone when you calculate everything about this person, he or she does not deserve forgiveness. 
All right, you're walking down the street, someone punches you on the face. He does not deserve to be forgiven by any standard. I think all cultures, all right, um, where are you from? Nigeria, if someone punches you on the face, does he deserve forgiveness? You know, where are you from, sir? America, if someone punches you on... There's some things that no matter the culture, India, China, wherever, some things just don't deserve forgiveness. Some cultures, your wife brings your food late to the table, she doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Right? Depends on the culture. I was talking to someone recently and his anger was, my wife always forgets to put water on the table when she brings my meal. I couldn't believe He's not a Nigerian, it's another country, another culture. But it was just a sign of disrespect. And you won't believe how long it took to help him understand that she deserved forgiveness. And so different cultures see this differently. But what we are looking at this morning is when someone does not deserve to receive this mercy, can we give it? And how often can we give it? So, today's sermon, I'll be looking at five issues on learning the mercy of forgiveness. Five issues on learning the mercy of forgiveness. Are you with me? Alright, this is an international church. In Nigeria, when you say, are you with me? People will say, yes, sir. Yes, pastor, or something like that. But, I need to learn that I'm not in Nigeria. Or oh, am I in Nigeria? Okay. So are you with me? Okay. Lesson number one or issue number one is the question. All right? The question. Verse 21. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often... Shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Now listen. The question is not about forgiving. So we must be careful. The question really is not about forgiving. What's the question about? How often? So I can forgive you once, twice, three times. All right? Four times. Five times. Okay, if I'm spiritual, six times. Now, seven in the Bible is the perfect number of perfection, right? So if I'm super spiritual like the Jesus type, seven times. So when Peter calculated everything, he said the maximum for the super spiritual Jesus freak the Jesus disciple, the one who is really holy and wonderful. How many times? Maximum seven? He expected Jesus to say yes. Because if you forgive someone once, twice, three times, you're actually not doing badly. Guys, am I, am I making sense? Someone punches you in the face three times. Ouch! Three times. And each time, what do you do? You forgive him. I mean, 
I would say you're, you're a pretty good guy, you know. Someone is saying, mm, 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 mm. Three times is a lot of times to be punched in the face, right? And he punches you one more time, the fourth time. Will you forgive? The fifth time. How, how, how many of you, can I see by the show of hand, how many of you think the teachings of Jesus are sometimes weird? Yeah? I mean, you make it seven times punching you in the face. Of course, you expect just to say, well, seven is okay, right? So what we are dealing with is not to forgive. The question is what? How many times? I forgive. If you're in this church and you don't forgive at all, you're in the wrong place. Actually, I should make an altar call. You come out here, you kneel down, I'll pray for you. I believe everyone forgives, right? I believe everyone forgives. The problem is when you have someone who is offending you again and again and again. What do you do? What do you do? So the first issue we are dealing with is how often, right? The second issue we are dealing with is Jesus' perspective. Alright? Jesus' perspective. So verse 22, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Mathematicians, that's how many times? Sorry? 490 times. All right. Um, Charles, I can use you as an example. Please come. Please. Don't worry, I won't really hit you. <laughs> now, imagine me punching him 490 times. I think another version says in a day. <laughs> <laughs> you're smiling you're not supposed to smile okay <laughs> two three seven four hundred and what ninety ninety times at the end we will be praying because this type of forgiveness is not human Amen. do you understand me what we're looking at today is not something you would gather yourself together and say, I can do it. You cannot do it. I love Charles, but there's no way, and I know he loves me, I don't see him naturally forgiving me 400. How much of his face will be left after punching him 490 times? Thank you, sir. But isn't that what we're dealing with? Jesus sometimes has these crazy teachings that really don't make sense in human reasoning. It doesn't make sense. Are you with me? When you sit down and look at some of his teachings in normal reasoning, human rationality, it doesn't make sense. 
But those are the principles of the kingdom. The principles of the kingdom don't make sense to those who live in the flesh. And that's why Jesus himself must transform our hearts to have the heart of the kingdom. Are you with me? So, the perspective of Jesus is what counts. He says it's not seven times. What is it that breaks homes? The inability to repeatedly forgive. And I'm not divorced. And please, I don't know who is in the church. I, I don't mean any offense if you're divorced or something. But the root cause of every divorce is tied to what? Inability to repeatedly what? Forgive. What happens is you get to a point, something tells you that's it. Isn't it? Something within you says, I cannot take this anymore. That's what happens. But not just in divorce. Any conflict, any, I repeat, any conflict can be tied to this. Not forgiveness, but the inability to what? Forgive repeatedly. I mean, in your office, or someone who works for you, or a family member, or a friend, it just doesn't add up. And so they said to Jesus, but Moses said you could give a bill of divorce, right? And you know what Jesus said to them? Jesus said, Moses wrote that because of the hardness of your heart. Basically what he was saying was, Moses had to agree that you were not able to forgive. So rather than have two people live in a home and they are at each other's neck, let's allow them separate because they cannot forgive. I had a couple in my office just last week. Lovely young couple with one young child. And they went on, he said this, she said that, no this and that and this and that. And the more they spoke, the more you could feel the pain, you could feel the bitterness. And it got violent. She hit me. He beat me. He slapped me. And you know, what happens when repeated forgiveness doesn't happen is it gets worse and it gets worse. It just gets worse. Friends, it never gets better. If we don't practice the Jesus principle, it just doesn't get better. And I think that's the wisdom in obeying Christ, even when it doesn't make sense. Because in his foolishness, in quotes, he's wiser than our wisdom. So, the Jesus perspective is forgive again and again and again and again. I wish I had another way out. There's no way out. We live in a world where there's so much rationalization of scriptures. God couldn't really have meant that. This doesn't really apply to my context. No, if Jesus understood my pain, he won't say this. 
No, listen, the scripture must be put in context. And so we live in an age of so much knowledge, we're constantly trying to evade scriptural injunctions that are in black and white. So for example, you can justify why you won't practice this. No, Lord, you know, if I forgive him, he'll take me for granted. How many of you feel that way? You feel like if I give forgiveness, they will take advantage of me, isn't it? Wives, do you, do you does any wife here say, you know, my husband does this and if I always forgive him, I need to help him understand that I also have feelings, right? So how do I help him understand by not forgiving? So there's always some logical reason. There's something that tells you, no, don't obey scripture. There's a voice within that screams, don't obey scripture. Jesus did not really mean this. Friends, every word of Jesus, he meant it. Even when it seems hard, he meant it. Number three. Number three, why show mercy and forgiveness? Now, I'm dealing now with the motivation why. Because to tell you just show mercy, just forgive, it's not good enough. Alright? It's not good enough. Friend of mine, of ours said, you know, when he went to the UK, he moved to the UK, and he was so amazed. He says, these people are not born again, but they obey traffic laws. He says, wow, everyone gets to a traffic light and they stop. Even when there's no one, they stop. <laughs> I visit the U.S. quite often. I, I am so amazed how you'll get to a junction and there's no one. And everyone stops and waits. Ooh, in Lagos, how does that work? But you know what? Whether it's the UK or it's the US, there's a motivation why people stop. They don't stop because they love the law. They don't stop because they want to obey the law. They know. What I'm saying is that motivation is the key to action. Because if you don't have a motivation to do, it's just a matter of time you will stop doing the reason why people break the laws with impunity in Nigeria is because they get away with it. But in the US or the UK, those cameras, so small, so tiny. You know, I went on a, 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 a how many cities did we, you know, it was a countrywide trip with my family in the US. We drove through maybe 10 or 15 cities. You know, I didn't know there are some particular bridges that are tall and I was driving my sister's car but I love those because it's just you drive through only to discover I had so many tickets and they were being sent to my sister because it was her car but you see if I knew 
I would be more careful, right? What's the motivation? What makes you do what you do? Why show mercy and forgiveness? The only reason we're expected to show mercy is because we understand that we have been recipients of loads and loads and loads of mercy. Sometimes my son does some things that just makes me so mad. But I hear God speak to my heart and said, take it easy because I take it easy with you. Take it easy because just like you are feeling upset, those of you who know if you have a very active son, he takes your very precious book and pours his morning coffee on it or tea or something or your lovely iPhone 6, you know, while he plays around, he drops it and the screen cracks, you know? And God says, you do stuff that's worse than that. You do stuff that's worse than that. And I have mercy on you. Verse 25 to 27. But as he was not able to pay, that's the um, parable of Jesus now about this, servant you know the because he was not able to pay all that he owed his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made all right that's the law you couldn't pay back we'll sell you we'll sell your family we'll sell your property Payment must be made. That's the law, right? Then the servant fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant, look at this. The master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him. Please, would you check your Bible and forgive him some of his debt or all of his debt? Forgive him everything. Everything. 490 of them. Forgive him everything. I don't know about you, but I know I bungle every day. I don't know about you, but I know I fail every day. I don't know about you, but I'm sure every day there must be something somewhere I've done that doesn't please the heart of God. And he doesn't strike me down with lightning. He doesn't allow a trailer run over my car. He has mercy. He has compassion. Do you acknowledge that you are a recipient of loads and loads of forgiveness? Do you know that? Sir, do you know that? Do you, do you feel it? Do you, do you live with a consciousness that you are every day a product of the mercy of God? Oh, praise God, this was not the Old Testament. I won't survive. Thank God for mercy. So number three is, I can give forgiveness and show mercy. Why? Because deep in my heart, I'm so convinced 
that I receive so much more from the Lord every day. Every day. Every day. Number four, our wickedness. We are a wicked people. We are a wicked people. And that's not my words. You know, Jesus said, Then his master, after he'd called him, said to him, You wicked servant! You wicked servant! I forgave you all your debt because you begged me. You wicked servant! You know what's our wickedness? Though we love mercy, we love to receive forgiveness. Our wickedness is when we don't transfer that to others. It's wicked. I'm sorry. That's the words of the Lord. It's wickedness. Let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not make it sweet. It's wickedness. It's evil. It's sin. It's bad. And I'm speaking to myself here. Not just to you. It's bad. It's wickedness. Is that a strong word? I think so. But it's, it's what the Lord says. Of course, you know the master here refers to Jesus, right? It's a, it's a parable. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, are you wicked? No, no I'm serious. Look at, don't look at me. Some, look at your neighbor. Are you wicked? Are you wicked? Someone is looking at someone and saying, you look wicked. (laughs) (laughs) The sign of wickedness is simple. We think wickedness is when you chop someone's head off. You know, like Boko Haram or the ISIS. They blow themselves up. They kill people. You say, that's wickedness. No, that's not only wickedness. Wickedness is when you don't forgive repeatedly. According to the Bible, not according to Dr. Chinidu. It's wickedness. You wicked servant, you receive mercy from me every day. Every day. And you love it. And you sing about it. And you say, oh, the mercy of God. Mercy said no. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you sleep away. You don't have to be afraid. Mercy said no. We sing that. We love the mercy of God. We receive it. We praise Him for mercy. Then we turn around. And we grab someone at the throat. And say you must pay. I will not forgive you. God says that's wicked. Part of our prayer this morning with Lord is Lord, deliver me from wickedness. And those of you who have children, it applies to how you deal with your children. I'm talking to myself, my kids are here. Because sometimes I think I don't show enough mercy. Sometimes I think I don't give enough forgiveness. Sometimes I try to rationalize why I cannot forgive at this instant. May we not be wicked in Jesus' name.
Number five, you said there are five issues. Number five is the repercussions. All right? The repercussions. There are repercussions. The result of not showing mercy through forgiveness is very dire indeed. There is an expected result that will surely, surely happen for those who don't forgive repeatedly. It's not that it may happen, but it will surely happen. And, and, and that's scary to me. And there's another motivation why you should forgive repeatedly, because there are repercussions. Matthew 18, 34 to 35. And his master was angry. Repercussion number one, God becomes angry. When we don't forgive repeatedly, it angers God. God says, I will be mad at you if you refuse to forgive. And delivered him to torturers. Question number two. We will be delivered to be tortured. That's not funny. You will be tortured. Repercussion number three. Until you pay all. Now, if God has to ask you to pay for every wrong you do and every wrong I do, can we do that? What can we offer to cover for our sin? What, what can you pay? What can I pay? What is it? If God says, hey, Alright, you won't forgive your brother, right? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But you will need to pay, not just for some, but what? Do you know there's something very strange about this story? You know what's strange? This man had already been forgiven before, right? But the master changed his mind. Now, that's scary to me. Are we forgiving in the Lord? Are we? Yeah, we are, right? And yet, he puts this clause here that says, Yeah, I've forgiven you, but if you don't forgive your brother, I reverse my forgiveness. That is scary. I mean, that is scary. Because forgiveness had been given to the servant, right? And here the master says, Because you didn't forgive, I reverse my earlier decision. Now... We're going to start from zero. And everything you've done wrong from your childhood, you will pay for it. All right, start paying up. And while you are trying to pay up, I'll torture you. That is scary. And friends, I'm not trying to put fear in your heart. I'm just reading scriptures. There is a repercussion. So, he says, verse 35, in conclusion. So, my heavenly father also will do to to you will do to you listen to this will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive so this is not chinedu's interpretation right he now says listen i'm telling you what your heavenly father will do and not he says to each of you, every single person, each person, if you don't forgive from your heart, this is what would happen. We'll be angry, we'll torture you, we'll make you pay for all 
your sins. I don't want to fall into that category. I don't know about you. And so I'm inviting you this morning as I begin to round up. Please, let's, let's not give the devil a chance to put us in a tight box. It doesn't matter what they've done against you. It doesn't matter how they hit you, they misused you, they abused you. It doesn't matter. Cry to the Lord for healing in your heart. Cry to the Lord for the grace to forgive. But we don't have option B. There isn't another option. There's no plan B. There's only one plan, and that's forgive. Again and again and again. Now, let me just turn the coin over just before we pray. Please don't be someone who always provokes people to have to forgive you. Because you can go up to them and say, well, the Lord said forgive me, so. Right? I can imagine a, a wife going and saying, hello darling, I'm going to be on your case. But remember what we learned today, you must forgive me. Let's not do that because... That's not God's will. It's not godly. It's evil, right? It's evil to intentionally want to hurt someone. It's evil to go out of your way to offend. If you've hurt someone, you'll be the first to say, darling, friend, brother, I'm sorry. I hurt you. All right? I hurt you. But this message is not about the person saying sorry or, or all that. It's about you saying, if he says I'm sorry or not, I will forgive. It's, it's my job. I will forgive. Is that a decision we can make this morning? I'll close with five statements. Statement number one. Repeated forgiveness is not optional, but mandatory. Alright? Statement number one. Repeated forgiveness is not optional, but what? Mandatory. Statement number two. Repeated forgiveness is given because we realize how much we have been forgiven. Number three, repeated forgiveness is for small or great things. Number four, repeated forgiveness must be from the heart. So don't say something like, I forgive you. You know, it's like... I don't have a choice, but so that I make it to heaven, I forgive you. That's not from the heart. It has to be from the heart. And then finally, number five, repeated forgiveness is not possible without God's help. Let's bow our heads and pray. Will you please ask the Lord to help as I will be asking the Lord to help? Could we just spend a few minutes of just asking the Lord, help me. Help me forgive again and again and again. And maybe as you pray, someone's name comes up. Could be your spouse, it could be a child could be someone out there when you think of him there's a pain that comes to your heart 
there's someone out there, when you remember her, something churns in your heart. Your stomach just is uncomfortable. It means forgiveness hasn't really taken place. That's why it's still churning your stomach. That's why you still feel the pain. Call him by name and say, Lord, today I release Mr. A. I release Brother B. I, re I release Sister C. Oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. Help me. Oh, help me, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Cry of my heart. Cry of the heart of your people. Help us to forgive, oh God. Help our hearts to forgive. Oh Lord, have mercy. Oh Lord, have mercy. Teach us to forgive, Lord. Teach us to forgive. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your power, Lord. Fill us with your power. Help us to forgive again and again and again. So Lord, as we bring this message to a close, we ask you, Lord, have mercy on us. If we had more time, we could have asked to pray with one another. But Lord, you know, if there's anyone here who is struggling with this forgiveness, Lord, release grace, special grace this morning. Please help us to forgive again and again and again. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. For more information and for other ministry resources, kindly contact Capro on 081-32594437 or send an email to capromobilization at gmail.com.